When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast live on our Facebook, YouTube and Twitter channels and later on our podcast channel. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. If you're on our platform channel, please remember to like and subscribe. We do love to have your support. I'm Andrew Musgrove, joined as usual on a Monday by Aaron Stokes. A little later than usual because we wanted to wait until England had kicked off their first game in the 2022 World Cup. And what a game it was, Aaron. They beat Iran 6-2. And the reason we wanted to wait was to see whether Nick Pope, Callum Wilson and Kieran Trippier featured. Two of the three did. We expected Kieran Trippier to start. He ended up finishing the game as captain. Callum Wilson came off the bench and assisted Jack Grealish, which I'm sure put a smile on quite a few Cast United fans' face, and maybe also Miguel Almiron laughing at the irony of that. We're going to discuss those two performances. Got a couple of questions as well from our listeners. You guys watching can also drop any comments into the comment box, and we'll get through the best of them. Um, we'll start, Aaron, with Kieran Trippier, right back for England, um, and he just looked like he was playing for Newcastle United in many ways. Just classy. Yeah, look, Jermaine Gina said it uh, well on country when he said it looks like a club team. You know, that England team looked like they've been together for years. Um, you know, some of the moves they were, they were doing on the pitch. And Trippier looks like he's just been playing forever, doesn't he? You can tell he's a 32-year-old veteran um, in that England setup. He was a leading from the front. Um, very, very good both on and off the ball. I thought he was very good going forward in that first half. Created a lot of chances. And yeah, look, I don't think you can say... Trent Alexander-Arnold holds out much hope of getting back in that team at right back as long as Kieran Trippier stays fit for this tournament. Because mm, it's not just about the form coming into the World Cup or how Trippier's performing today. It's also that leadership. And we've got Davey here saying a world-class display from Trips today. Um, and Bob Shafto saying uh, Kieran Trippier was pure class. And for me, w- what really stood out was that all those gestures that we see when he's on the pitch in black and white, you know, organising uh, teammates, pulling them in the right direction, telling them to do this and to do that. We saw that today with England. And it, it's one thing to do it at a club level where maybe you are the biggest fish in the pond and Kieran Trippier in some eyes, is that player? I know we've got Bruno Gomes, and we'll talk about him in a moment. But um, you know, Kieran Trippier is probably one or two, three on the list, isn't he? At Newcastle United, there's a lot of players in that England squad who would probably think they're the biggest fish in the pond. But Kieran Trippier is not afraid to go in there and to, to to maybe pull rank and just make sure everyone's organised so that England can get the win. Yeah, look, you know, you pointed out we were watching it here in the Connacht office, and you pointed out that he was gesturing at you know the likes of Harry Maguire and John Stones to get up the pitch when England didn't have the ball sorry when England did have the ball and I think you've, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there at Newcastle United he's the leader he's got the captain's armband he's going into that England team he's got Harry Maguire beside him now look Harry Maguire yes everybody knows what form he's been in for Manchester United but he's an £80 million player you've got John Stones playing for the Premier League champions and he, he sees no issue 
were storming into that team and actually, you know, demanding so much of them players. And you also got the Liverpool I thought that you mentioned just just before, who seems to have most of the media in his pocket when it comes to this debate. The debate running up to the World Cup, it, a lot of pundits didn't even have Trippier in the discussion. Well, we were, we were talking about this, and it felt like if ne- Kieran Trippier was playing for a big six side, he would be in the debate a lot more. He felt like because he was in, you know, little old Newcastle's right back. Everyone was saying, "Oh, it's a, you know, Trent should never be playing." When really, the the debate is actually who could even replace Trippier now. When Kyle Walker's fit again, you could maybe ask the question if he plays back four. But Trent on his form this season and and what he's like defensively, I don't think you can, you know, realistically say he's going to be you know dislodging Trippier from that team anytime soon. I, I felt it was disrespectful. I think I wrote at the time it was it was disrespectful. And I think uh, performance today, and yes, it was uh, it was against Iran. But you know, let's be be. be honest here Iran aren't exactly the worst side in the world you know I think they conceded four goals in qualifying they're you know quite highly ranked for a side of Iran's kind of size and, and, and money that goes through the game so it's not the easiest game in the world but it, you know he comes into that side with all the kind of media circles that's been around um, his place in the squad or his place in the first team and he just got on with it and then to finish the game as captain as well. I mean, that would have been a special moment for him. Yeah, really, really nice touch to see him get the armband when Harry Kane came off. And I bet, you know, for him personally, it was a very good moment. He's had some fantastic moments in an England shirt, especially at World Cups. We all obviously remember that free kick um, in 2018. And, and it looks like if he can keep this form up that he's been working on at Newcastle, he's going to have a fantastic tournament, hopefully, um, in what will probably be his last World Cup. So, yeah, fantastic start for him. Really, really pleased on a personal level as a Newcastle writer to see him, you know, taking plenty of the spotlight after the game um, and long may it continue. There's a few people in the comments. Um, Dan Kane mentioned it first. He said he something on the lines of that. Um, he had a bit of a, a bit of his heart went when uh, Kieran Trippier went down holding his foot. And I think we were watching it here in the office and me and you both groaned a little bit as well, thinking, is that the, the dreaded metal, tar- metal tassel? Yeah, whenever Trippier went down, there was a, you know, sort of a collective gasp of breath and I think also even when Callum Wilson wasn't on the floor even when he was just stretching for a ball that you thought he might not get to we were sort of you know on tenterhooks but yeah you know really there was that one moment where he sort of got a nasty stand on the foot and um, you know he probably have a couple of bruised bruised toes tonight but we were all sitting there thinking you know is he going to be okay and I think this is just going to be the worry I'm, I'm so delighted Wilson's there really really delighted to see him get on and get the assist which we'll talk about in a bit but there's just going to be that little knocking doubt of please don't get injured for the mm. second half of the season. I think it's the same with Trippier as well. If he, if he goes off, and it, it might seem to you guys listening and watching that we've headed straight down the negative the negative route, but I think it's just... it's just. I think it's a valid concern, yeah. and I think a lot of the viewers and listeners here will be also thinking the same thing about those two players because both vital for Newcastle in the second half of the season if they want to keep this form mm. going. Um, some stats then about Kieran Trippier's performance. You guys listen will know I'm a stat man, so I have done a little bit of ho- homework very quickly. Um, made 73 out of 88 passes. That's a percentage rate of 83%. That, put, that puts him fifth on the list. He won eight out of eight duels. That's five ground duels and three in the air. That was top of the list. And he also made the most tackles. And with five going forward, uh, he attempted six crosses, two accurate crosses. Um, I mean, those stats alone, they show exactly what he brings. You know, strong defensively. Attacking wise, I mean, a lot of the debate was about uh, Alexander Arnold that he was better going forward. Well, 
you know, if you watch Newcastle like we do week in, week out, like you guys watching, listening to week in, week out, you will know that that's, uh, I mean, yes, he is good going forward, um, but Kieran Trippier is not very far behind him, if at all behind him. I think Trippier offers much more balance. I think we saw it today in the first half, especially where he was bombing forward, trying to overlap um, down that right-hand side. He whipped in a fantastic cross when that... Um, when Maguire nearly scored in the first half. And that's that's exactly what he does week in, week out for Newcastle. We've seen how well he's worked with Miggy this season. We've seen how well those little triangles work with Bruno as well. But what he also offers at the back is what Trent doesn't offer, and that is actually stability and defensive stability. He never looks like he's going to get beaten uh, one-on-one. He's very, very fast for a 32-year-old. He never looks like he's sort of chasing the game or, or chasing tricky attackers. And I thought that was what we saw this afternoon. Does the fact that he was handed the armband towards the end just show you why Newcastle you know, went out and got him? He was the first piece of the jigsaw. Yeah, 100%. I think we saw, we've seen it ever since he arrived in January. That's what he possesses. He never has a day off. He, he might have a day off in terms of how well he plays with a ball at his feet, but he never has an off day in terms of how much shouting and how much instruction he's given other players. And it, it's like there's never an off switch. As soon as he's on that pitch, um, as soon as he's on that pitch playing for either Newcastle or England, he's just this big, boisterous character. And yeah, I was listening to his interview on the BBC after, and he actually, you know, he's quite a quiet not timid but he's quite a well-spoken um man but on the pitch he's just a different different animal altogether Callum Wilson got on it looked very nearly that he wasn't going to get on after Harry Maguire had to come off um with what we suspect was was concussion uh he was all stripped and ready to go alongside the likes of Jack Grealish and Marcus Rashford and then he was told to sit down and that was the other groan that came from the office wasn't like, oh no because we were really excited to see Callum Wilson get on because he deserves to be there. And again, a lot of discussion whether about he was the right pick or not. But for Newcastle United fans watching him, again, watching week in, week out, he was always going to be on that plane. Um, I know that's probably a bit biased, but he was <laughs> always going to be on the plane because he just offers something that a lot of the strikers don't. And as a backup to Harry Kane, you know, he, I think he's probably the best option. And he showed today, he's, I think he's so well suited to, to the way England kind of play. And the way Newcastle play in many ways has helped him, you know, fit straight in. Now, he doesn't play in the same way Harry Kane does. Harry Kane likes to drop a bit deep or float out to, to the wide. But um, in terms of pressing and in terms of running the channels, I thought Callum Wilson suited what England were doing very, very well. Yeah, I mean, we've seen it week in, week out for Newcastle, how well he runs those channels, how well he, you know, offers a bit more when they're trying to play those balls over the top. And I thought, you know, he wasted no time doing that today. There was... As we've touched on, there was that collective groan when he was racing through to try and get the ball in front of that keeper um, in the second half. But yeah, fantastic. We we obviously thought for a second that he wouldn't get on when Maguire forced uh, Southgate to change his plans a little bit. But obviously, 10 minutes later, we got to see him. Um, and look, forget about all the injury worries and, and anything that we're, we're concerned about on Newcastle level. It's just good to see that his you know, determination to try and make this England goal a possibility has came true. And I'm, I'm delighted for him on a personal note to get on today and also to play a part in, in one of the goals as well because um, I think if anybody deserves it after the you know sort of years he's had with injuries, it's Callum Wilson. Yeah, and in, in an interview leading up to the World Cup, I think I actually think it was on the on his podcast for the BBC, you know, he, he said he was kind of realistic about the opportunities he was going to get at the World Cup, but he was going to take every single minute um, he was going to take it and make it his own. And I think he ha- he has to do that, and he did it today, because, he, you know, to go on and to replace Harry Kane for 20 minutes, 15 minutes, and if you don't do anything, then it's very hard to, 
to look to the next game and then be a bit aggrieved maybe you know only Marcus Rashford goes on in in that forward position and, and you stay on the bench I think to do something today was really really important especially with Marcus Rashford scoring as well um, so for him to to get an assist and we all like it to have been a goal but um, I thought it was really important for him just to have something of note to take away from this game yeah, definitely. And look, when he was bearing down on goal, I think we were all willing him to shoot. I think there's still some fans here in the comments on the Facebook Live saying why on earth didn't he shoot, um, especially when it was Grealish that he set up. But just good to see that he got, you know... We're all England something. fans here today. We're yeah. all England fans. This is an England podcast, not a Newcastle United podcast. But yeah, look, um, fantastic that that he got on. And look, we, we sort of touched on it earlier today in the office that... Behind Harry Kane, Southgate hasn't really taken an out-and-out striker. Yes, you've got Rashford, but he tends to play on the left or right. Sterling's the same. If, you know, Southgate's looking to take Harry Kane off to rest him as he did today, Callum Wilson's the man, and I think he's he's probably going to get more minutes than we anticipated in this tournament, especially if, you know, England go into these games with the USA and Wales and they find themselves in the comfortable position that they found themselves today a few goals for the good he could get quite a few minutes in this group stage well there was a, a moment when Harry Kane went down and he was feeling that ankle and he's had issues with the ankle recently and there was a bit of a, a concern with, uh, with with that happening and you thought well actually it's not I mean it, you know let's make no bones about it Harry Kane is the best striker Gareth Southgate has got the best English striker in the Premier League and one of the best you know, strikers in general across the world. Callum Wilson's very good. He's not at that level, no disrespect. <laughs> but you know, it's not a bad option to have coming off the bench. Should you need him, and, and fingers crossed, it doesn't it doesn't happen that way, and he just gets it because, like you say, he needs to be rested. But either way, it happens. It's not a bad replacement to have, is it? Yeah, I mean, I know we're biased, and this is a Callum Wilson loving, but he isn't quite the level of Harry Kane. And if England do want to go deep in this tournament, you probably do need to keep Kane fit for 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 all of it. But he's a fantastic option off the bench. A lot of the debate before the tournament was, does Wilson go behind him? Does Ivan Tony go behind him? Does Tammy Abraham go behind him? And they're all probably about the same level, give or take. But Callum Wilson's the man in form, isn't he? He's been banging them in for Newcastle for months. And I think, as we've said, he offers a lot more. He offers a lot off the ball. He offers a lot down the channels. He offers a lot in front of goal. He was a very unselfish today. Um, so, look, I think he's made the right decision and, and we've just got to keep everything crossed, fingers, toes, eyes, that he doesn't get injured. <laughs> well, I uh, quickly answer Dan Kane's uh, question because he's, he's adamant we should answer this one. So um, he's a United States fan. He's asked, what do we think will happen in that game? I'll be honest, I don't know too much about the American side. I know uh, you know a little bit more about this about the wheel sides, but not, not too much. Um, I mean, you'd, you'd kind of... I, w- I would like to see Wales go through with, with England, um, but in terms of... You know, a, a, a kind of a, a fair and balanced, researched answer. I'm not really sure I can give one. Yeah, look, it's two very, very closely matched teams. I don't think, you know, I was looking this morning, I don't think the bookmakers can really split them. I think it's going to be a, a tight contest. And I think if Wales want to get through to the last 16, you know, the game tonight against the USA and the game against Iran later this week or two, that they really need to be winning because I don't think you'd like to face England in the form they're in today. But, um, I think for England, as Dan's comment alludes to there, we're probably hoping for a draw just to obviously keep the points down. But, um, and I hope I'm not jinxing this, but England on the basis of what we saw today look like they're you know, poised to go very, very far. And I was sort of sceptical coming into this tournament because their form under Southgate in the, in the last couple of qualifiers and friendlies was so poor. I was thinking, 
are they gonna are they gonna flop? But look, credit to them today, they were absolutely fantastic. And they made, as we touched on, a, a, a quite decent Iran side, you know, twenty second in the world. They made them look pretty average today. Nick Pope didn't start today. Jordan Pickford kept his spot. He had one uh, you know, moment where he kind of fluffed his lines, but he you know, he in large had a decent performance. It was a really good save towards the end. Um and this might not go down well with our watch as for listeners, but Probably the right decision, justified in making that decision. Look, Gareth Southgate really, really rates <coughs> Jordan Pickford. He's made no bones about that. And you could argue that Nick Pope was the vastly superior player in terms of form going into the tournament. But, you know, I, I read a stat this morning that Jordan Pickford paid every minute of the last Euros and every minute of Russia 2018. So, in terms of how much we're going to see Nick Pope, I don't think we're going to see him as much as Trippier in this tournament, which is a big shame because... Um, he has been in tremendous form and I think he offers a lot to England but Pickford just suits the way England plays distribution's very good he's on his day he's a very very good shot stopper and, and as I've said Southgate really does see him there so yeah Pope I'm, I'm, I'm a bit I'm a bit gutted because I did want to see him but this tournament and hopefully if England already threw after their second group game we might see him but feet on the ground feet on the ground <laughs> yes. um, in terms of form how important is it that the likes of Wilson Trippier Bruno they carry on their club form into the World Cup and then that carries on after the World Cup as well yeah massively it's going to breed massive amount of confidence for Callum Wilson if he gets a couple of runs in this England team I mean, Trippier's captain in his country on a national level, that's going to do wonders for his personal confidence. Not that he probably needs any more, given how um, confident he is every single game we see him. But yeah, absolutely fantastic. And obviously Bruno's a bit different because um, we don't know how much game time he's going to get in that, you know, talent-laden Brazil squad. But, um, you know, they're, they're, every single Newcastle player is heading into this tournament in the best possible form that can be, so... Hopefully, they'll all just come back safe and, and they can carry on for cl- club level. And we did mention Callum Wilson uh, getting the assist. Uh, just your your take on that, the decision not to shoot. I know a few people have mentioned the comments and you briefly mentioned it before. I mean, it was the right decision in the end, the goal came. It was the right decision in the end, but I, I think if we could rewind, I would still love to see him shoot. There were, there were five on up at the time. He's, he's bearing down on goal. I'm really, really surprised he hasn't taken the shot on. Callum Wilson on the national stage scoring at the World Cup. What do you think is going through his head in that moment? If I'm honest, I don't know because he, he looks like he's got a good angle and it just looks like the last minute he changed his mind. But somebody pointed out to me earlier that he did something very, very similar with Jacob Murphy a couple of weeks ago and was very, very unselfish in that. And um, Wasn't there something that... Was it Was it someone had grabbed him before that pass to Murphy? Was it Jason Tindall or Graham Jones? There was something was said yeah. about... Pass, you yeah. know, pass it at the right moment. Yeah, Jason Tindall was shouting at him a couple of minutes before for holding on the ball too long. So maybe that's in his head. Maybe he's just got the voice of Jason Tindall. Hey, do you know what? It all counts. It's a goal. Look, Jason Tindall is a scary man when he gets angry. I sit close <laughs> enough to him at the matches to hear those expletives coming out of his mouth. But look, um, on, a, on a personal note, I would have loved to see him score. And I hope in the next two games or the next couple of games, we see him get the chance to get on the score sheet for England. But... It just shows you what a team player he is. And even Jack Grealish, public enemy number one in Newcastle, he, he'll still ha- happily set him up. So, yeah, very, very good performance for, for a cameo. And, and as I say, I hope I hope we'll get to see more from this tournament. 100%. We've got a few questions from uh, listeners that have been sent in via email. If you guys watching live want to ask anything about Newcastle United or pass your comments on about the England performance, get them in. Um, we've got about five minutes or so to go because I'm going to get off to Monday Night Football. Unfortunately, Aaron injured himself a couple of weeks ago, so he's on the, the treatment table. Yeah. Good. 
very very good yeah I feel like uh, I feel like Callum Wilson did all those years ago when he was missing out on those key games but yeah I'll, I'll be with you there in spirit <laughs> we look forward to your return um, the first question we've got emailed in um, it reads um, do you think Eddie Howe when you cast United will be worried if Bruno performs well in this World Cup in terms of I, I assume the person means in terms of you know, that puts the eye of Real yeah. Madrid, the interest of Real Madrid up, up a notch, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's always the worry. I think Newcastle are in a strange position. They've probably never been in this position before where they're actually heading into a World Cup worried about a player stealing the show like that. Um, Eddie Howe will be fully aware that Bruno could have an absolute storm. But I think the thing with Bruno and the form that he's shown in 2022 is the fact that he's probably on everybody's radar already. There's already been talk of... Real Madrid wanting them, um, Manchester City and Chelsea are, are names that get thrown about quite often as well. Every club in Europe probably knows exactly what he's about, and I don't. So I don't think there'll be any, you know, worry. I don't think there'll be any sleepless nights over it. He's also doesn't seem at all unsettled in Newcastle. Every interview he gives, um, he sort of hammers home the point that he's settled in Newcastle um, and loves the fans as much as they love him. So. There's always the risk. I mean, Newcastle United have signed some fantastic players over the years on the back of really, really good World Cups that they've scouted them at. So um, I hope Bruno does well, but not too well. That was the next question that we've been asked, and is how much Newcastle will be paying attention to the World Cup in terms of their January transfer plans. Do you think if someone performs well, they could be added to the list? Or do you think, and I, I think this will probably be the way Newcastle will go, they will have a list. It may include one or two names at the World Cup. It also may not. And, you know, it, you know, I, I can't really see anyone really rising to that top of the list on the back of the next few weeks in Qatar. Yeah, I don't think they'll be heading into this tournament thinking, right, we need to, you know, find the best talent from this tournament and go and sign them. And, you know, uh, Chronicle correspondent Kieran Kelly actually asked Eddie Howe this a couple of weeks ago. He said, you know, will he be sort of scouting the World Cup? And how, in quite unusual fashion, actually give him a, you know, quite an open answer and said, yeah, you know, we're always looking at these tournaments. So um, they'll be looking, you know, Ashworth's team will, will be out there and trying to find the gem. I think there's been a couple of the years that have came out of the left field and Newcastle have signed them like Daryl Yama and players that have just sort of came out of nowhere with a really, really good World Cup and all of a sudden sort of, you know, big Premier League teams want them. So I've got no doubt they'll be they'll be keeping an eye on, on these games and, and hopefully a gem or two emerges that they can try and steal. Mm, and the, the final question I had written written down there was a question on the on the the uh, warm weather training camp in, in Saudi Arabia. How important that's going to be to Newcastle and what they do after this this World Cup break. Yeah, it'll be vital. Eddie Howe has, has openly said he wants it to be essentially a pre-season for the players that haven't gone to World Cup, and um, I think it'll give them the best possible chance to carry on this form that they've had running up to the winter break because everybody's talking about oh, they don't want to lose this momentum, but um, what we've seen the last two times they've went abroad to Dubai and Saudi is they always come back flying. You know they've always had a really really good start um, after going on those warm weather trips. So if it's anything like the other two, I think they'll come back in really good shape. They've they've got a friendly out there against Al Hilal and then they come back um, and have two games in quick succession against Vallecano and then Bournemouth in the cup. So 
good decision that they're going out for warm weather training. I know the players have had you know a week or two break now, along with the staff. Eddie Howe's gone home to see his family and stuff like that. So hopefully they're all back refreshed. They'll have another good stint out there, um, training and and it's business as usual when they get back. It's certainly going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on. We'll finish here on Sean's comments. And this uh, goes back to the question that was sent in about Bruno. And Sean says, Bruno is a jury. I don't think he will be loved as much as he is by uh, us fans here. If he moves, uh, he stays. Shame for Big Joey says he should have made the list for Brazil. In his opinion, he's a machine in midfield. Yeah, I, I kind of would have liked to have seen uh, Joe Linton in that Brazil squad. But as you alluded to, Aaron, they've got a, a list of talented, talented players. Um, and I guess uh, maybe we'll finish on, on this question. You know, yes, the World Cup's just a couple of days old. We've seen two of Newcastle United players involved today. I think Bruno probably will start actually in Brazil's um, first game. Don't write in if I'm wrong. That's just my assumption. <laughs> but it is a little bit bizarre to be sitting here and actually looking at the team sheets and going, Okay, wow, we, we we haven't just got players going, you know, we've got players going in teams that have got a good chance, and I'm mainly talking about Brazil, yeah, England maybe later on, we'll see how it goes, but they've got a chance of winning this tournament. Oh, massively, I mean, it's, it's very, very unusual to be watching an England game and seeing a an, Newcastle an United player starting from the outset, and, and, and it's just the reality these days that shows once again how good that recruitment was in January to bring in these players that are, are going to World Cups and being talked about as absolute superstars and it's a welcome change from the years of not really paying much attention to World Cups on a on Newcastle front. So yeah, hoping go well, really hope Brazil go well and I really, really hope Australia do okay in that group to see Grand Kowal. Um I spoke to one of his former coaches last week who predicted that he was gonna have a you know, a big moment in this World Cup and really stand out. So Luckily, Newcastle have, have snapped him up before he gets the chance to show what he can do on the world mm. stage. Dwight York said someone as well. Of course, yeah. he works over then. Um, and, you know, I know his his son links, but put that aside. I mean, that's quite a big compliment from a, from a very good Premier League striker. So definitely one to keep an eye on. All we will say is to Callum Wilson and Kieran Tripp and Bruno, Nick Portway features. Just don't come back injured. Just everybody listen to this. Play your socks off, but don't come back yeah, injured. Everyone listen, just cross your fingers and, and hopefully we'll be all right. Um, we'll have an episode of Gibbo's Corner coming out later this week. That will be exclusively on the podcast channel. So on your podcast platform, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, just search everything as Black and White Podcast and you will see Gibbo's Corner, which will go live on Saturday. It's all about Gibbo covering the World Cup, um, which he, he did several World Cups back in his day here at ChronicleLive.co.uk. Well, it wasn't the website back then. The paper, rather, the Evening Chronicle. So it's going to be a really interesting episode. Um, to, to put together that one so that'll be out later this weekend and um, all being well I'll be back next week with um, someone filling in for uh, Aaron because he's off on holiday for a, a bit um, but we'll be back the week after together the partnership will be back together but yeah I'll be back next week um, with a special guest so watch out for that one but in the meantime do head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep a date with all the latest Newcastle United news